And now, from the Room 111 Studios, it's the Retired Teacher Coach Podcast with James Sternovan. Greetings, listener. Welcome back to the Retired Teacher Coach Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Back when I was teaching, I can vividly remember dark winter mornings being jolted awake at 6 a.m. by my alarm. I can also remember fumbling away at my clothes and mindlessly shaving and packing up to head to school. I also remember feeling something similar when I was a student, but being a teacher is higher stakes. You're the show, and if you're off your game, it's miserable for everybody. I can particularly remember one bleak morning many moons ago. I was getting ready to walk out the door, and before I left, I patted the heads of my two dogs. They were both comfortably ensconced on their shared dog bed. I always felt bad when I left them each morning. They really loved me. They hated to see me go. But not this morning. They looked too darn comfortable and stared up at me with indifference. It was particularly annoying because they were spooning. (laughs) Yes, they were spooning, which was understandable because the temperature outside was frigid. Their contentment was was annoying, (laughs) very annoying. I thought, dang, I would actually trade places with my dog today. When I retire, I'm going to sleep in as late as I want. I didn't used to be a morning person. Well, as I explained in episode four, my post-employment sleep fest hasn't materialized. (sighs) But although one wouldn't guess this from the first paragraph of this narrative, now I am a morning person. I like mornings. It's quiet. I feel energized. I get my best ideas in the morning. I like to work out in the morning. I'm productive in the morning. But even though my mornings were pretty solid, they lack structure. Routine is important for a retired person, and that is the problem for this episode. Retired folks still need some routine. To help solve this problem, I'm going to utilize an unlikely resource. Russell Daup's only 29. (laughs) 29! But this guy is wise beyond his years. He and I have an informal book club, and we frequently share ideas and workouts, as well as books. In this episode, we evaluate Robin Sharma's fascinating book, The 5 A.M. Club. And what's a book without wine? (laughs) Russell and I decide to have a glass of wine, or two, while we yacked about this book. This is a great read for a retired person. Russell played on the 2014 National Championship football team at Ohio State. He's a certified financial planner at Maxwell Financial Management in New Albany, Ohio. Oh, and full disclosure, he's also my nephew. I help retired educators make awesome health and lifestyle choices. My name is James Sturdivant. I taught high school for 34 years. I'm over 60. I'm in great shape, and I feel fantastic. I would love for you to take my coaching on a free 21-day test drive. Just navigate over to the retiredteachercoach.com and sign up. It's time for you to reclaim your vitality. So here we are in the Room 111 studios on a very dark, cold Friday <laughs> evening. And I'm here with someone 
I'm very close to. His name is Russell Daup. Say hello, Russell. Hello, everyone. Now, Russell Daup, I'm going to make a prediction here. I think I'm right. But oh, you man. are 29 years and roughly nine months old, right? Yeah, a little, little over nine months now. Okay. Now, I know this because I remember I've known Russell for 29 years <laughs> and nine months and a little bit more than that. I, I was I was in the hospital room when Russell Daup got carted in on, on his first day of existence. Did you realize that? I did not. And if, and if anyone <laughs> wants to wish me a happy birthday, it's March 24th. <laughs> there we go. So this is my nephew. This is Russell Daup. And... Uh, you know, I'm going to say something that's that's got that served me well in life. It's one thing I really couldn't stand when I was a younger person was when someone older did not take my ideas seriously. So I, I thought to myself, when I become an older person, I'm still going to listen to younger people and actually like put great stock in what they have to say. I'm going to make a strong statement right here. Russell Daup is one of my mentors. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, thank you. I really appreciate it. That's good. <laughs> because what happens with Russell Daup is Russell Daup gives me amazing ideas. And I think what helps with that is look, you're curious and I'm cu- we're both curious people. Yeah. So kind of those thought provoking questions yeah. kind of leads to discussions we have no idea where they were going to go. Well, now now check this out. This is I, I've done a hundred and I, I counted them up. I've done under a hundred and sixty podcasts. When I count in the Hacking Engagement podcast and the Retired Teacher Coach podcast, but I've never done a podcast while drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is the first. So Russell Daup uh, was proud of his uncle for doing the rim to rim to rim hike in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> proud of my uncles. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Uh, Anthony Morales, whom I promoted like crazy on the last uh, on the Rim to Rim episode, is Russell's uncle. Yeah, there we go. And so he got me a bottle of Dueling Pistols, which is a blend. Correct. It is a blend, and it's blending pretty well in my mouth right now. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> so maybe I have to start doing this more often. <laughs> so we're here to talk about. Something pretty amazing. I like the episode title, which is Own Your Morning. But I can't take credit for that, can I, Russell? No. I mean, like, like where'd that come from? It came from the book The 5 a.m. Club 5 by Robin Sharma. Five so here's where I go back to my Grand Canyon experience. I was doing all this hiking in preparation for this long hike I had to do in the Grand Canyon. And so I'd listen to books on tape. So Russell promoted this book to me. And so, you know, I started looking at it. I started listening to it. I did the audio version. And I was like, wow, this is really good. So in my training for my hike to the Grand Canyon, I listened to this thing. And it's it's amazing book. Yeah. And it was definitely something that I came across with going back to just curiosity mm-hmm. of what's something I can do to kind of look at bettering myself. Mm-hmm. You might, I might read this book and never find anything that I like, or I might read it and profoundly change the way my perception is about things. And it definitely came more towards that. Beautiful. And here's the thing. I hear this from retired folks all the time. It's like they have all this structure when they're working and then that's gone. 
It's kind of like when I was talking about all the relationships you had when you're working is gone. Well, it's up to you to recreate those social bonds, and it's up to you to recreate some very useful uh, rituals, morning rituals. Yeah. And this book is right up that alley, man. Yeah, and that probably even goes back to the last time you had to recreate rituals. It was probably when you started in the career that you right. picked. Good point. So how many years has that been since you had a chance to reevaluate if you don't look at it every year, don't do New Year's resolutions? Right. So, Well, Russell, what do you do for a living? I'm a financial advisor based kind of out of central Ohio for anyone that knows me. And uh, I mean, I help my busy clients master their financial future. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. You don't have, I mean, you have the ability, you have freedom. You, you, mm-hmm. you have the ability to create your own day. So it's a blessing and a curse sometimes. Yes, right. <laughs> but it, it, it's very similar to a retired retired person. It is the onus of your day is totally on you. Yeah. You're not going to an office and your schedule is dictated to you. So that's why I think this book is so instrumental for you and so instrumental for yeah. a person who's retired that has that freedom. I agree. And that kind of goes back to like what process or structure have you created for yourself? Yeah. Because you kind of falter back to almost an autopilot, whatever that is, because right. everyone's different. And sometimes it's hard to, because of assumptions and just going out day by day, to like question, could I make this better? Uh-huh. Or what could I do differently? Well, you know, I, I think you agree with this. When I waste time watching a television show, looking at my phone, whatever. When, mm-hmm. I, when I waste, like, say, 30 minutes or an hour doing that, I don't feel very good about myself. I agree. It definitely, <laughs> depend, it definitely depends, too, of when did I waste it or do I even know what I accomplished in the day? So, like, yeah. if I did waste 30 minutes or an hour, uh-huh. but I knocked a couple things out that were really important of, like, what would make this a successful day? And I already did them. I try to be more okay with allowing myself to quote unquote waste time. That's a good point. Because you got to give yourself a little breather here and there. Right. It's not easy in today's world. That's right. That's a good point. Now, before I can't wait to dive into this awesome idea. But before I do this, I I put everybody on the spot. And, you know, (laughs) you're you're 29 years old. You're single. uh, You have to think about these things. Oh, man. I mean, this guy, this guy, this guy played football for Ohio State. I mean, he, he looks fantastic. He looks like a clothing model, uh, which, you know, how do you describe yourself on a dating app? I think you can just put your picture there and you don't have to put any words down and you'd be set. Well, <laughs> man, this is this is a tough one. I really don't even know. Um, I honestly, it's, it's hard to even think about that when you think of yourself that way. Because I know when I was thinking through this question, I mean, I honestly really don't even know. It'd be fun to even ask my friends, which I haven't done, how they would describe me or how would I describe them as in maybe goofy. Sometimes yep. you have no idea what's going to come out of his mouth might come out mm-hmm. there. Probably a little optimistic. Um, try to not take things too serious. Yeah. So, and those are more of the good side. And then there's obviously the lesser qualities we can all think of ourselves, but uh, yeah, self-critical you, would be a big one of mine. Yeah, but you probably won't leave probably those put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody puts the negatives on there. Yeah, no. But 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 I, I would say about you that you're incredible. I work curious. too hard. I care too much. There you go, Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, man. Uh, I, I think you're. I, I think 
one of your strongest qualities is that you're a very curious person. Yeah, that's very true. And so, like, you know, I think that that's a great quality. Yeah. And he's six foot two and he can bench press the world and squat the world. That doesn't hurt either. <laughs> oh, man. My flexibility is about someone that's a 90-year-old. So that's something I'm trying to work and on. And you're humble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Russell would not have a problem on a dating app. Are you, are you on a dating app? I'm not on a dating app. Well, you should. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I think it would work well. <laughs> so here's the thing. At this point in the program, I always like to talk about a problem. I mean, I love this. I mean, like, in other words, like, something motivated you to pick up this book called The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma, which had a big impact on your life. It's had a big impact Mm -hmm. on my life. Something prompted you other than just like, oh, that's a neat looking cover. That's a neat looking description. Was there something more than that? Or is it just like a curiosity based on the description? Definitely goes back to curiosity. And I think where it all kind of found, like, started or the seed was planted. I don't even know if you remember when I was early on growing my business and I moved in with you and we had the dry erase board yeah. about how many books we wanted to read. That's right. I think that's where a lot of my curiosity or the snowball effect, I'll call it, of reading came to be. So as time has gone on and I've gotten more curious, the more I've read and definitely the cover of it. I mean, yeah, I like to be someone that wakes up early because I just think there's something mystical about that. I really don't know what that, that is. But that whole 5 a.m. club kind of thing, being a part of a club kind of seems like something fun to me. And then that own your morning to elevate your life. Right. I mean, why wouldn't I want to even, quote unquote, go back to that waste time to read this? Because if I could get one thing out of this book and own my morning or elevate my life more, it was totally worth it to me. Okay. So what what I'm hearing you say is that you are open in general to ideas. Yes. And that's a very positive thing. But then, you know, this, this book described itself in a way that was very attractive to you. Yeah. And you were very receptive to its message. Right. And I'm at least receptive to hearing people's opinion and then inferring, yes, you are. do I feel like they're well-educated on that topic? Or uh-huh. do they have good ideas that maybe I need to go on Google and research more okay. to validate that opinion? So I always like to infer other people's opinions mm-hmm. and see if it makes sense to me. Versus are they just being naive and it not really coming from? This is going to be a hard question. And I'm, I'm not sure where you're going to go with it. Take take a second with and think about it if you if you need to. But Take a sip of wine. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, then, then you could like dream up a good question or a good <laughs> answer. But here's the thing. When I'm reading a book and the book is resonating with me, there's generally like a feeling, you know, like maybe a moment, like a, like a passage, like a page, like a chapter. There's something that's like, yeah, that makes sense to me. I like that. Do you remember a moment like that with the 5 a.m. club? There were quite a few moments. And I know you, I mean, read it. Mm-hmm. I did the audio book of it. I did the audio book too. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Oh, when with the hiking. Yeah. And uh, I definitely quite often kept hitting the rewind to mm-hmm. re-listen to points again to like try to almost like when I take a sip of the wine, I want it to sit in my mouth and feel the flavor, kind of right. feel the flavor of what message Robin Sharma was trying to get across in the book. Okay. And there's quite a few moments about kind of when he went through the different rules of like the attention to distraction and about being on your phone and just how the world 
Well, why don't you read those five rules? I think those are those are good because they obviously made an impression on you. Yeah. And so like the rule number one was about an addiction to distraction is the end of your creative production. And obviously kind of that one I felt like really went into the world. We have notifications that pop up on our phone all the time. Mm -hmm. And he says that keeps us from really deep work because it's always choppy and we keep going back and forth from doing something productive to being distracted. Time out. I want to show you how Russell Dalp has acted upon this. Russell uh, had dinner with my wife and I tonight, and we have this <laughs> dining room that's kind of like a little alcove. So uh, Russell announced, and, and Russell, I used to get on Russell because like sometimes I was eating with him and he's looking at his phone. Russell announced without me prompting him at all tonight. He goes, ah, this is a technology-free zone. We're going to enjoy our meal. This is Russell announcing this. This isn't me <laughs> announcing this. So that made an impression on you. Yeah. No, I just thought it was like a neat, because the nook kind of is almost like its own segment. And you can kind of, I can mentally kind mm -hmm. of shape that as it's it's almost diffraction-free zone kind of thing. But back to your point about when I do love my phone is when I'm eating a yummy donut <laughs> and I, I love looking up news articles. Yeah. That's my, I love that little combo together. But, 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 but that thing about distractions made an impression on you. Yeah, because it's so true. I, I think of all the times where I'm a notification for Instagram or yeah. Facebook pops up and I'm in the middle of the work or an email comes on my laptop mm -hmm. and I want to start checking emails when I was in the middle of doing something for a client. Mm -hmm. And you almost just feel like you're not really getting anything done. I'm going to say something negative about my wife for the first time in my life. Oh, God. I've, ne I've never said anything negative. I'm going to say something negative about it. When, when I am watching a movie with her, she will become really interested in something that is promoted in the movie and then start looking at her phone to research it and miss the next part of the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, Penny, come on, man. You can do this later. But you know what? I do the same thing. I mean, when, you know, the idea that I am watching television, but at the same time kind of scrolling through my phone... I'm like paying attention to two. That's pretty negative. I don't, I'm not proud to admit that. Yeah. And you think about it. Something struck her to be curious. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to act upon it. That's right. And you think back in the day, I forget who was talking about it, when you used to have to argue about what the score of a NBA or Major League Baseball game was. You couldn't just pull it up on your phone yeah. to go and find out the score. So you had really thought-provoking conversations with people, disagreeing or agreeing or figuring okay. it out versus just looking it up and not having that back and forth conversations. Okay, so number one, no distraction or, or eliminate distractions. Yeah, just the addiction to distraction. And then not, rule number two, which I think a lot of people would agree with, is the excuses breed no genius. So obviously kind of if you haven't installed that kind of the 5 a.m. habit or mm -hmm. something that you really want to do, it's so easy to create an excuse of why I'm going to push it off to tomorrow. Right. Or just – why you're not going to do it today where I always love the Nike slogan, just do it. It makes the most sense okay. out of anything. The, uh, you know, there's, there's one thing that I'm big on and that's a to-do list every day. Do you have one of those? I try, I do. Yes and no. I try to put just a couple things on it because I don't want to overload it and it seemed very daunting. Yeah. So I try to put one to three things on there that I have to knock out after mm -hmm. my little morning ritual that I've created because of this book. And uh, that way I keep it small. I, I don't like to put too much on myself too early or else my mind will go a hundred miles an hour thinking about the 10 things. I, you know, I think that that's one thing that 
I, I really advise everyone to do if they don't already. It's this concept that, you know, like have some things on that list, put it on your fridge so you see it. And then anything you don't do, just put it on the next day. That, that, that is very helpful. Yeah. Make it available is a big thing. I think if it's mm-hmm. right in front of you where you're going to see it, or if you're trying to not do something anymore, mm-hmm. make it really hard to go and do that or just get it out of your way. Kind of like with your phones, if you want to put them in a cupboard where you can't even see them, okay. turn it on silent. Okay. Two for two. I like both these ideas. Yeah. Keep going. What's number oh. three? <laughs> number three? Uh when you're low on wine, <laughs> no. But uh, man, I'm sure we could go through a lot of things. I know. Uh, oh, rule number three too is like all change is hard at first and kind of messy in the middle and gorgeous at the end. Uh-huh. So every everything you now find easy, you first found difficult, and obviously with consistency and consistent practice, yeah, getting up with it will be or doing whatever you're doing will be a new normal. So it gets a little bit easier each day that you do okay. it. I, I really want to jump in on this one because this is, you'll probably remember this conversation. You suggested that I check out this book, which mm-hmm. I did. I mean, I, I, I take Russell's suggestions very seriously. And I'm, I'm listening to the first part of it, and I think it's kind of goofy. It is very goofy in the beginning. I mean, like, I'm listening to this, and, and they have this character who, like, is the star character, but he's being, like, pretty bizarre. And, uh, and and I'll be honest with you, at first it was kind of a turnoff. So I'm looking at this rule number three, and I knew darn well I needed to stick with it because you spoke highly of it. And I it, I, it wasn't like I was disliking it, but just, I was... Where are they going with it? Yeah, I mean, what's the point of this? <laughs> yeah. And so I stuck with it, and it quickly started to grow on me. And that's not the first time that's happened in my life. So, uh, you know, this rule number three is just, just stick with it. But, but at first I was thinking, like, this guy is driving me nuts. The, the main character was this, like, I don't know, homeless guy, like, kind of crazy acting guy. Yeah. And, and you know, like, the guy that's, that's reading this on the audiobook is, like, over the top in terms of his, you know, voice inflections and stuff like this. I'm like, this is kind of dumb. But, but, but I stuck with it. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. Well, and uh, not to go off topic real quick for your listeners, but something that I stuck with, that if they're pizza-loving mm. listeners, would be <laughs> something that I challenge you guys to all look up, which is Ohio Valley Pizza. That's right. Or Ohio Valley-style pizza. You got it. And uh, it's, it's very unique, and it was one of those things that made me <laughs> curious about that kind of pizza. And... Uh, I don't know if you want to go into detail about well, that I, at all, I, I, or we I can have, tell I have them to explain a little bit. It, <laughs> it's just you, you cook the pizza and then you put the cheese on and the pepperoni after, after. it's done. Yeah, let so it melt. Yeah. So it, just talk about sticking with something and being curious about it. First time I That's gave it to a, Russell, he's like, "This yeah. is ridiculous." Can we get that again? It's like a week later. I can't say I like it. And I can't say I don't like it, but I'm mm-hmm. curious and I want to try it again. So anybody that reads this book <laughs> or listens to this book, I can tell you that. You might have this reaction at first that's like, this guy's driving me nuts. That's, that was kind of like my reaction. Honestly, you could skip the first couple chapters and get to the... But it would miss out on the yeah. buildup. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you what, we stuck with it and, we, and it paid huge dividends. Okay, so number yeah. three. What's number yeah. four? Number four is to have the results the top 5% of producers have, you must start doing what 95% of people aren't willing to do. Right. And as you start to live like this, the majority will call you crazy 
And remember, remember that being labeled a freak is the price of greatness. Okay. Now, this is the part that I struggled with some and still mm-hmm. struggle with. Because the idea of getting up at 5 in the morning is a big part of this. Yes. I don't know that that is necessary. But if you look at Rule 4, he would say that it is. But he, he, <laughs> he does say it's more of a structure that you can take and make your own. Too. That's true. He does bring that up. Yeah. Because uh, I desperately need my sleep. And if I'm getting up oh. at 5 in the morning, uh, there's, there's like a trade-off that's a negative trade-off. For that. And it's not like I have to be at work at 7. So if I do this at 6 o'clock as opposed to 5 o'clock, I still get great benefit from it. Yeah. And I believe he talks about seven and a half hours. And I'm uh-huh. sure there's reasons for one one or the other. But yeah, I I love... If I could get up at 3 a.m. and be wide awake and right. early in my day, I would love it. But I can't do it. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I try to get anywhere from 5 to 6 and we're going to talk about what you're supposed to do when you get up at 5 o'clock here soon. But just bear with us on the, on the rules. We only have one more, right? Yeah. And then rule number five was when you feel like surrendering, continue. Yeah. Triumph loves the relentless. I like that. And, and I mean, I think everybody has a story like that. Yeah. Everyone has a story like that. So my nephew, Russell Dow, I'm going to brag on him for a minute here. He went to Ohio State University as a walk-on. Ohio State is one of the premier college football schools in the world. And uh, he'd played six high school football games. Yeah. So he went to Ohio State as a 5'11", 6'1", whatever, 150-pound skinny backup kicker. <laughs> and then left there. Like, the backup to the backup's backup. That's right. He left there as 200, how much, 225? Got up to 220. 220, 220, just solid gristle, and actually got on the traveling squad, played on the national championship team in 2014. Yep. And uh, he's a beast, man. He could throw me around like a rag doll. <laughs> now I just try to stay healthy and stay in shape. <laughs> it's not as easy. But, but you know, I think everybody has those stories. I mean, so, so that one's a good one. I don't know that that one is a real unique or shocking one to most people. Yeah, no. It's it's one of those hard ones that – it's one of those things you always just think about. Like right. you know you need to do it or you know you need to make these sacrifices. But actually just stopping and do it sometimes is really hard. Okay. So now we have to – we've teased mm-hmm. it enough. What takes place at 5 in the morning? So Robin Sharma has kind of what he talks about as the victory hour. Or okay. as we like to call the Russ hour. The Russ hour. That's right because <laughs> Russ turned me on to it. <laughs> and uh, he calls it the 20-20-20 rule where okay. the – 20, 20, 20, obviously being a victory hour equals 60 minutes. But he said you can kind of tweak it if, like the first one, he said is kind of like the fitness mm-hmm. where you get some type of workout, which sometimes I'll lift. Sometimes I just do mobility. We're, we're going to talk about that. We're yeah. going to talk about that. And then the Let's, second. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, the second one's more of reflection, which goes into meditation or journaling, which I more right. do the meditation. Right. Which I use an app called Headspace. Perfect. And obviously, there's Calm. There's YouTube videos you can find. You can Bronwyn Workman. Bronwyn Workman promoted that in episode two. Keep yeah. going. And then on the third is just bettering yourself and giving yourself 20 minutes to really grow and develop yourself for something you want to do versus for someone else. Okay. So first 20 minutes physical. Mm-hmm. Second 20 minutes reflection. Yeah. Third 20 minutes intellectual growth. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. So here's the thing, man. 
implementing this ain't easy. It's not easy to get up in the morning and, you know, you get out of bed and you, know, you might not like feel like all of a sudden like doing something. <laughs> right. Especially so, when it's winter in Ohio and yeah, dark. Right. So uh, here are some. So, so I'm going to have you. I'm going yeah. to talk about my experience with this. And I'm going to have you talk about your experience <laughs> with this. Okay. So the five o'clock thing to me was not as important as just getting up and doing it because I don't have to be at work at seven o'clock in the morning anymore. And before you go into yours, mm-hmm. his whole point was like owning the day before dawn, before the sun came up. That was kind of his point. I which love it. I don't know if you really need to do that, but yeah, it's almost like you're beating the clock kind of thing. Right. So here's, here was my, here's my deal. I get up and I walk the dog, my ancient dog who's 17 <laughs> years old. He can barely move. I walk him around the neighborhood. That's first. Then I come back in and I start the clock and I say, I've got one hour. So like for 15 minutes or so, I'm doing mobility stretching because I don't have time to get a good workout in in 20 minutes. I just don't have yeah, time. No, I agree. But mobility is important and it's really important for a person of retirement age. So I'm working on mobility. Then here, here comes the interesting one. For 20 minutes, <laughs> for 20 minutes, I'm laying down and I'm doing mindfulness. And I'm telling you, my mind's going a million miles an hour. I'm laying flat on my back because that's the way I'm comfortable. I'm not a good meditator at all, but I keep working at it. And I went to the Ohio State University sleep clinic and my doctor almost gave me a hug when I told him that I do this on a, on a daily basis in the morning. He said, that is one of the most Perfect things you can do to improve your sleep. Okay. So Even in the morning? Yeah. Mornings. He said morning is best. Really? It sets you up for the whole day. Okay. So check this out. I got outside, walked the dog, got back, did some stretching, did my meditation. And then the next 20 minutes, I sit in front of my gas fireplace and I read something that's not entertainment. But it's something that betters me. Mm-hmm. So that's my victory hour. And guess what? I probably try to do that three days a week out of the seven. And those three days that I do it, I feel incredible. And those, yeah. those four days that I don't do it, I don't feel as incredible. Talk about yours. Yeah. So, I mean, mine's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. But I go back to with the fitness when I start. And some days I don't do those in that order. Sometimes right. I meditate first and read because when I go do my fitness, I'm leaving the house. Right. So I like to do the things I can do at home first. But I'll typically either do mobility for about 20 minutes where it's a foam roller, stretching, or I'll go to my gym downtown and that I'll work out for an hour, hour and a half. Right. So that's where mine isn't always the same kind of structure every day, but it's the same process. And then I'll do my meditation app, which... Anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. Right. It's never easy. Never easy. I'm probably thinking way more than I am actually doing (laughs) the meditation. You'd probably better off just not trying. (laughs) But what my Uncle Jim definitely helped me with is trying to focus on just counting a couple numbers at a time. That's right. That's right. We talked about that. And that helps. But And it's always funny because on my app with Headspace, he always tries to tell you to like, towards the end, like, let your mind do whatever it wants. And when he says that, for some reason, that's when I can't think about anything. Well, so what you need to do is just think about that for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I know. But yeah, definitely the counting the numbers and trying to focus one number at a time. Okay. So Russell and I are big into yeah. working out. So here was here was our theory. Here's my theory on this that Russell borrowed. Was the idea of doing sets of 10 repetitions in meditation. And what you do is you just visualize a number. One, two, three. And this is, this is going to sound really strange, but... But Russell thought this was cool, is I visualize the number in my head, and when I inhale, it lights up, and when I exhale, it, disappears. it, it, it darkens and disappears. Yeah. So that, that's my method, and you know, if I can get four of them in a row, then that's pretty good. Well, and then sometimes out of nowhere, I'm counting on my 23rd count. That's and not I have good. no idea how I got there. <laughs> and, then, and then the final is uh, just typically reading for me. Okay. And sometimes I'll... Do my podcast and count that, and uh, yeah, making that's breakfast true. and get my day going. Hey, listen, listen to a podcast counts. Yeah, absolutely. Or looking it's, up a video on YouTube. Or... I mean, listening to a podcast isn't any different than listening to an audio book. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's kind of how I structure my morning, and then making breakfast and getting the day rolling. Okay, let me ask you this, because I can tell you how I'm going to answer it too, but I'm going to let you go first. How did these ideas impact you? I think it helped me or impacted me to building momentum for the day. Yeah. To have confidence to just almost getting things done. Right. Which is actually another book that's pretty good. Yeah. Getting things done. And uh, it helps you kind of not put things off and just knocking them out. Mm-hmm. And even before I get that routine started, I've made my bed. So that's kind of that first one leading to the other ones and brush my teeth usually. And uh, so it's really helped me kind of build a mindset of I'm going to have a very productive day. Yeah. And so the challenge sometimes is towards the end of the day at some point. Yeah. Right. Signaling when I'm done and can kind of take a breather and kind of enjoy the evening and not try to... Let me ask you this because yeah. when I started doing this, and, and generally, I mean, this is nothing new for me. I'm, I'm a morning person. I like mornings a lot better than I like afternoons. Oh, me too. Are you like that? Oh, I mean, man. I used to just answer the question. I just asked it I to love you my mornings. And that's where it's... It's hard because I still want to be a 29-year-old and go out with friends. But then it's – if I'm out till 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and go home and I'm sleeping till 11, yeah. it's so hard, which I'm trying to get better with it here and there because I still want to have fun and hang out with my friends and socialize on that. But mm-hmm. I, I love my morning so much. Right. And so it's a hard figuring out when to let go of that and just kind of go have some fun with friends. And, yeah, it's a challenge. Now, I was complaining about Robin Sharma's book being a little goofy in the beginning, but the characters go through a pretty interesting transformation. Mm-hmm. They go from thinking the whole thing's goofy to like embracing it. And yeah. I did like that. I liked that a lot. Did, did you identify with the characters in the book? Yeah, I think kind of identifying with them was pretty easy in the sense of like, it was pretty profound to me. I almost yeah. bought in once he started doing it of like, there's a lot of aha moments in that book, yeah. at least for me. And right. I'm actually on the book for my fifth time. Wow. So, Why'd so, you read it so many times? Um, he also, I don't remember if it was in this book or his other one, The Everyday Hero Manifesto, where he talks about a lot of people read a bunch of books one time. Yeah. Where he would rather read less books a lot of times and really kind of own, the, own it and kind of soak it all up like a sponge. Uh-huh. And... Maybe it's because he said that and this was the book that I've done it with this one. Right. I haven't really done it with any other books. Atomic Habits, which is another good book that I've also suggested to my Uncle Jim, is I read it a second time. And uh, 
that's another good one that I really want to start this year. Not right. really reading too many new books, but more of kind of going through books I've already read to really kind of get a deep understanding of what they're trying to get across. Well, you guys can see why when Russell suggests something, I take it. He's a per- persuasive guy. And we have some great conversations. This conversation after podcast is going to get really deep. <laughs> Maybe we'll have an uncut version. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're definitely going to have another bottle. Roll the tape. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so now my audience is comprised of retirees. Mm-hmm. And retirees have this situation where, you know, their their life was very structured and now it's not. And it's pretty easy to uh, have the day just kind of unfold in a bland, unproductive, like uninspiring type of way. So picture that. Yeah. And then here's the question. How could a listener take this book and improve their lives. Yeah. And even before I get into that, if you think about it, when someone was working, say with teachers Monday through Friday, typically yeah. you have your Saturdays and Sundays off. What did you usually do on those Saturdays and Sundays? Cause now you're having seven days of a Saturday and Sunday. Right. So maybe the things you were knocking out in two days, you now have seven days and you can get it done and be twiddling your thumbs if you don't. But uh, going to your question with the book, I think you can just take someone you don't know's ideas was Robin Sharma mm-hmm. and try to create some type of process or structure in your life. And almost that's why I love resolutions every year because each year I try to question what I did over the past year. And obviously it's a good date or taking your birthday if you don't do it at the end of a year and you can do it multiple times throughout the year. And how do I felt the last year went? Was it living for a purpose that I felt good about? And if it is, how can I improve upon that or build a deeper kind of, level of growth towards those purposes and kind of how can I just kind of build upon what I've already done for myself. Okay. So, and that's kind of something I think you can really take from the book of just different ideas of how to do that. So like a, you know, like this book has the potential for a retiree, particularly when they're in that, well, actually when they're doing all of it, when, when they're doing the, uh, the mobility or the fitness mm-hmm. or whatever, they can get healthier. When they're doing the, the mindfulness, they, they can get calmer. When they're doing the growth, they can come up with an idea. They, they, could, yeah. they could change their lives. So this happens on a daily basis. And over time, some amazing things could happen in a retiree's life just because they take an hour and devote to these practices. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, and I think it just definitely motivated me. So it's one of those things that when you're just talking to your friends, I come up with ideas and have conversations yeah. with them and help them kind of reflect or relate on something that I got from the book. So that's why I've really liked reading because I've been able to help my friends okay. Okay. think of different ideas for themselves too. Let me ask you, because this is the way I am mm-hmm. and I bet you are similar. I bet you've had this experience. So I'm working on a problem and it's getting late in the afternoon or even in the evening and I'm frustrated because I can't figure out the answer. Yeah. If I just... Put that problem aside. I generally come up with a solution the next morning. Have you had that experience? Yeah. Being able to take a step back is very right. crucial for a lot of things. So I and look at this as like taking yeah. a daily step back. You are taking a daily step back and starting each morning fresh and you're doing it in a very structured way. Yeah. And even when you get frustrated, sometimes something that I'll do is like almost 
third person think to myself and at the end I'll ask a question. Right. Sometimes isn't a good way to end your night because then you might be stirred up all night. Yeah. But then you have something to come to in the morning uh-huh. and try to solve with a clean slate because you kind of reset. What? Each day is kind of a chance to reset. Whether you're a morning or a night person and you kind of start your day at 3 a.m. because you just can't sleep all night. Okay, did you have this experience? When you're doing your uh, mindfulness, your 20 minutes of mindfulness, did you find that a lot of times you became like in a like a feedback loop of, oh, this is the answer. Oh, I got to figure out this problem. I felt myself doing that a lot. I've done that and where I've even had like an aha kind of moment. No I've, kidding. I've stopped the meditation and I write down a note real quick because yeah. I don't know if I should wait, but... I'll have a hundred thousand things also pop up after that that I yeah. I better take advantage and I, write I it wonder, down. I wonder if Robin Sharma would endorse that or not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to meet him. Yeah, he'd be very interesting to kind of dig through things and kind of ask him questions because the book does relate to people that can own their time more, which is really nice for like a retiree. Yeah, right. But if you work the nine to five, it, I feel like it could be a challenge. If you don't own your days for mm-hmm. some of the things that he does, and uh, obviously if you have kids and stuff, you just have you got to just make it work for you. Because I had my teeth yeah. cleaned today, and uh, my dental hygienist is a person I've known for twenty some years. She's probably in her mid forties, something like that, and, and her kids are younger. She had kids later in life, and she was talking about her morning and her day and her night, and I was exhausted by the end of her <laughs> description. And uh, hey, folks, you know, we're at a point in our life where we have more freedom. So this book is really an interesting read. And um, Russell will back me up on this. You just have to <laughs> kind of get through the first part of it <laughs> and, and understand that there, there is a method to the madness. Yeah, no, I agree. And it definitely is something that takes a little bit of getting used to and kind of, uh-huh. I will say like one of those diesel trucks where it kind of just takes a while to get rolling. But yeah. once it gets started and fired up, I think he kind of starts hitting some home runs. At least Big that struck time. with me. And I'm sure parts that struck more with me might not strike as much with some people. So everyone will have something that kind of really hits home with them. And yeah, I almost challenge everyone to read this book. And also, like, you don't have to do it at 5 a.m. You don't have to do it seven days a week. But if you were to take three days a week and you were to get up and, and just take an hour and just do some self-development stuff, you would reap huge rewards. I mean, even if you felt like an hour was a daunting task, mm-hmm. if you did it 10, 10, 10 and just did 30 minutes to start, yeah. just because it obviously yeah, would be yeah, simpler, I think, I think you'd get kind of excited and find different ideas of what to do. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's certain days where I do only like 30 minutes of it because I have an early quick day, and I, but I still want to knock it out or even five minutes of each just because... At least it's something's better than nothing, always, in my opinion. And Russell said, he's, he's spending the night tonight. He goes, well, we'll have to do the 5 a.m. club tomorrow. And I said, I'm not getting up at 5 o'clock. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. Hey, I know what we have to do right now. We need to wrap things up and open up another bottle of wine. Hey, that works for me. <laughs> Cheers, my friend. Cheers. So here we are at the What You Can Do About It section. And the first thing I'm going to encourage you to do is to create a book club. It's a wonderful way to interact with people. And make it of retired friends. It'd be a lot of fun. And then I strongly encourage you, number two, to read Robin Sharma's book, The 5 A.M. Club. Buy a great bottle of wine for your book club. Russell brought this uh, red called Dueling Pistols. It was really good, man. And there's a link on the episode page to Dueling Pistols. 
I highly recommend it. And then finally, discuss in your book club how you could apply Robin Sharma's ideas to your mornings. How could you apply this book to your existence? If you're like me and you can't sleep in much, you may as well capitalize on this magic part of the day by creating an awesome morning routine. Thanks for listening, and please visit us at theretiredteachercoach.com. Listen to every episode of the Retired Teacher Coach podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Goodbye for now.